0: Welcome back. Our guest this week is Tim Skubik, Michigan's senior capital correspondent and anchor and host of the weekly public TV series, Off the Record. Our top questions, was he born with a mustache? Is there an OTR blacklist? And is he running for governor? On the Cold Oatmeal panel today, we have Nick DeLu, Laura Beal, and Nikki O'Meara. Sit in with us as we talk about stuff and digest our Cold Oatmeal.
1: Production of Cold Oatmeal is made possible in part by the following, a Whale of a Time podcast a podcast created and developed of spite, featuring conversations with Lansing's moviest movers and shakiest shakers. Listen today, or maybe next week, where podcasts are found. Sal the Skunk Guy, the renaissance man of animal control, helping mid-Michigan home and business owners with everything invades, eats, destroys, and makes smelly. Just Google Sal the Skunk Guy. And our season four guests. Some of you were great, and some of you were, eh. Either way, you're all winners in our heart. And now, this edition of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast.
0: Thank you, Joe Beshi. It's the season finale of season four, and it's the one and only Tim Skubik, and it's the Cold Oatmeal Podcast.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> Didn't your microphone break when we were? No, I was an idiot. I think I had something muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay?
2: It's my allergies. Literally, I have <clears throat> COVID. No, I. Think- <laughs> <laughs> <That's not funny. laughs> I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested to be sure. You couldn't have like <laughs> edited that better. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies Team about PR and public
1: affairs. Really?
2: I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's sure got I mean, it on his desk. It's, his it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's,
1: what, what in there is disgusting?
2: I don't even know what's in it. But it, it looks like cucumber mash and
1: maybe a couple of chopped apples. <laughs> Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Save it, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, welcome back. This is it. Final finale. We made, it. Episode. we made it. We made it through season four. This is it. We are done. And we are going out on top with Tim Skubik. Scoobs. Exciting day. babe. babe. Yes. <laughs> so this is um, Matt Resch, uh, owner of Resch Strategies. Uh, we are a public affairs and a public relations firm in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, you can find us at reststrategies.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Resch Strategies. Um, all these podcasts are on Apple on our website and on Spotify. So you can find them all there. Uh, you can rate, listen, review, share with your friends. Um, and lastly, our Twitter account for the uh, the podcast is at Cold Oatmeal Pod. So yes, it is the it is the last season or the last episode of the season. It's been a good one. It's been it's been a good one. It's been a good one. It's been a good one. Yeah. And we're going to go out with somebody who I think a lot of people in town um, and probably all over the place are going to have an interest in, in hearing and we get some good get, get some good stories. Tim Skubik, mm-hmm. um Most I don't need to really introduce introduce the man. People know who he is. He's the senior capital correspondent. He's been covering Michigan government for more than 50 years, uh, making him the longest serving political reporter in state history. He, of course, is the anchor of the Michigan public TV series Off the Record. He's been doing that since 1972. Uh, He also covers the state capital for WJBK-TV and WWJ News Radio in Detroit and WLNS here in Lansing. He's written two books about politics, and he's a member of two Hall of Fames the journalism hall of fame and the broadcast hall of fame. Wow. And he's going to help us wrap up season four. He's an accomplished man.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: What do you think this podcast will sound like after we've been doing it for 50 years? It's, it's only going to get better. I mean, yeah. good grief. Look at, look at the rise. Look how much <laughs> it's going to be scary. Good.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would be dead
0: in 50 years. No <laughs> you know. The stress of zooming people in is going to kill yeah. Joe by season seven. I think so. We need to get live people back in the room. That's we'll so like hol- holograms at that point. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, something to aspire to yeah with that michigan's senior capital correspondent it's tim skubik tim skubik senior capital correspondent of michigan thank you so much for being with us on the cold oatmeal podcast this is quite a thrill
3: uh well it's not a thrill yet let's see how it goes (laughs) (laughs) it it may may be unthrilling you never know that's
0: right well you know this is the season finale of our fourth season of this podcast so we wanted to go out big and so that's why we that's why we, we dialed you up and we appreciate you taking the time. Listen, um,
3: I appreciate the opportunity. It's always, always fun to talk to people who are who are often uh, the recipients of my behavior. So a turnaround is fair play. So I'm, I'm, I'm game. Let's uh, give it a shot. And well, you know, ahead. I
0: was I was telling these guys when we were getting ready for this that I'm sure you don't know this. You were the first television interview I ever had to do.
3: Oh, wow. You're kidding me. What, tell me what I can't, I, pardon me if I don't remember it. No, I, I'm just, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> I'm
0: sure you were brilliant. I have on the list here asking you what your, your top five interviews are. So you're just going you to figure out which of the, the five spots I would have fit in onto that list.
3: <laughs> well, it, it would be, you would be number one and then everything else would be after that.
0: Well, thank you. So it was in two, it was whenever George Bush was running, George W. was running uh, the first time. And after the convention, he did a train trip from Pontiac through Durand through East Lansing and then over to Kalamazoo. Yeah. And I had just gotten hired on the Bush uh, George W Bush campaign as their communications person at the time of the con- convention it was like my first day. Wow. And you said I'm going over to Michigan State where the where the rally is going to be when the train pulls in. Can you come t- can you come meet me? And so I I did. I'm sure I had no authority to talk to anybody on camera. And, <laughs> but you stuck it in my face and said, "So, tell me all about what's going to happen here." And, I'm, and that was it. So I had to do it interview. I'd have a... And I remember I remember so clearly you said, so what could possibly go wrong? And I <laughs> and I said, a tornado. <laughs> so
3: there you go. That was, and the, I'll bet you that was a great soundbite, so I probably used it. You did. You gave me some kudos for that. I appreciate it. Wow, so that is amazing. That's amazing.
0: How did this all start? You've been 50 plus years. Um, two questions. When and how and why did you get into journalism? And I guess I'm curious, too, then, what's the story of Off the Record? How'd that turn into this Off the Record um, 40-plus years of that?
3: Let me, as a personal privilege, first of all, when you throw out the term 50 years, okay, the first thought that goes through through people's minds is what? You're going to retire, okay? (laughs) Uh, Just let me make this very clear. I have no intention of retiring. I'm having too much fun
0: okay you certainly you don't look like you've been doing this for 50 years
3: thank you i appreciate that uh, you ought to go into politics uh <laughs> and, and and so i'm, I'm going to do this as long as i can so with that said uh actually tim skubik started out to be a clarinet player uh in high school and uh i, I the the skubik family was musically blessed we were sort of the osmond family before the osmond family was uh was introduced For those of you that are too young to remember the Osmond family, just Google them. Uh, Anyway, so I I was um, first chair clarinet in our high school band, and I really loved music. And I took a public speaking course in the 11th grade. And uh, as you guys all know, that the number one fear uh, that people have is not dying. It's giving a speech in front of people. Have you ever heard that research? I have, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, and so I, I loved this course. It was absolutely fun. And so make a long story short, uh, I decided that the clarinet players were a dime a dozen. And while I love music and still do, it's part of one of my passions, um, I decided that I wanted to be a disc jockey. And so I started out and I worked at a number of radio stations and went to MSU. Uh, and you'll love this story. I lived in the uh, East uh, East Shaw Hall. And I found out after the fact that the same time that I was in East Shaw Hall working on the student radio station, there were two other guys in the hall at the same time. One was named John Engler and the other name was Dick (laughs) Posthumus. And Engler was the social chairman. And I told him afterwards, I said, no wonder I've never got a date. <laughs> that was supposed to I, be. I, I would have think I, I,
0: a lot of things come to mind when I think of John Engler. Social chairman is not high on the list of that.
3: Uh, well, you know what? Uh, he, I think he rose above that. And uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, to make a long story short, uh, the just jockey thing was lots of fun. But I decided that I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. And so I decided to go into news and uh, went into news and went from there.
0: So how did that turn into um, this, this string of hosting, uh, producing, uh, anchoring off the record?
3: Well, it actually started uh, in a Milliken news conference. Um, and we were, we were sitting around uh, waiting for him to come out. And Dave Cooper, who used to be the bureau chief for the Detroit Free Press, came in. He was a transplant from uh, either South or North Carolina. And I remember he, we were sitting next to him. And he said, "You know, Scubick," he says, "You know, back home in North Carolina, we had a we had a TV show where the reporters came in and and interviewed uh, state officials." And I said, "Well, geez, Scoop, that sounds original." Uh, <laughs> he says, "Y'all, y'all ought to be doing it here in Michigan." So I, I went back to the station WKER, which had hired me in 1970, and uh, I said, "Look at." let's let's think about this and so we sat around the table and said everybody does a talking head show why don't we bring the reporters on and talk amongst ourselves first and then bring a pigeon excuse me then bring a guest on <laughs> to uh, to, uh, to interview and that was February 4th of 1972 when the program started uh and uh nobody thought it would last and uh, so here we are so
0: at the time how many stations was it i mean i guess i don't know how the public tv stations because right now it's on all the public tv stations yeah it started right?
3: out it? on all the public tv okay, stations we were able to convince them that this was a uh, the product that was uh, you know viable and uh, it just just kind of grew from there
0: okay so this might be a good time for me to insert one of the first questions i got from one of your uh, capital press corps colleagues i did I was telling Tim before we got started, I, I sent out an email to a number of the folks who have been regulars on your, your program over the years yeah. and asked them to send some questions. And, you know, following up on that question about uh, the, the shows that or the channels that it appears on. Zach Gorchow of Gongwer, um, a regular here on the Coldwell Meal podcast, sa- asks, does it drive Tim crazy that Detroit public television through the years has moved off the record? time slot all over the weekend and preempted it unlike any other public tv affiliates yes (laughs) there you go now you would never allow a one word yes question on your own show (laughs) there you go
2: he's on message he
0: is on message everyone okay so do you remember the first maybe the first broadcast tv story you reported
3: the first broadcast tv well the first thing yeah yeah, before I, before I got to, uh, to, uh, to WKAR, I actually worked at WILX TV. That was my first TV gig. Uh, and I got that after I got out of the Army Reserve. And just to show how life is, OK, remember I talked to you that I was going to be a clarinet player? Mm-hmm. Well, as it turned out, uh, in the midst of the Vietnam War, um, my deferment, my graduate school deferment was about to go south. And uh, one of my good buddies that I went to high school with, Jim Schwark, I still thank him for this, uh, got into the Army Reserve. And he called me up and he said, Timmy, he said, uh, I was down at summer camp and there was a band in summer camp based in Livonia. Wow. I said, "Don't say anything else." So I got a hold of whoever the guy was running the band at Livonia at the 70th Division, and uh, I said, "Uh, "Look at, I play clarinet." He said, "You any good?" I said, "Yeah, I'm damn good." He said, "Well, come down and prove it," and I did. So, long story short, I was able to serve the Army Reserve as a clarinet player for six years. Okay, so when I got done doing that, I had nothing. I, I, you know, I, I got home after basic training. And uh, I just called around, and Channel 10 had an opening. And I called the news director, Tom Russell, and I said, uh, "You know, I'm a TV radio major at MSU, and uh, I'd like a job." So I came down, did an audition, got the job. And I said, "What am I going to be doing?" And he said, uh, "You're going to be covering the capital." I said, "Wow! I got to go to Washington?" No, no, he said, "There's one in Lansing." <laughs> uh, Lansing? Oh, they got a capital in Lansing. <laughs> Let me- you guys are going to laugh at this, but this is my benchmark from where I started on politics. And it's funny because I get this question all the time. I thought that, that, that the Congress was in Lansing. I honest to God did. Okay, half the state still thinks that. So. I know, and people come up to me and say, "How do you like covering Congress?" And I said, "I have no idea. I don't cover Congress." Okay, but that's <laughs> that was my starting point on that understanding politics. So, you know, I had a camera crew. We went up there. We'd start moving around and doing stuff. And the folks at KAR saw some of my work, and they called and said, "You know, you know, for a guy from Fraser, Michigan, you're not that good, but you're not that bad. Uh, you would like to come to work for us?" And that's how the, the thing had off the record started.
2: And do you remember yeah. what the first interview was?
3: Yes. Yes. Lieutenant Governor James Brickley. He was the first one. God rest his soul. He's a great guy. First one.
2: Started with a big shot. I, um, all the professional stuff's really interesting. But do, do you still play clarinet? I do. Do you? What, 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 what uh, yeah, do you, yeah. what do you, you
3: enjoy know. playing? I do bar mitzvahs. I do, you know, set up on the corner, you know. No, I I don't have a regular gig, but uh yeah, it's it's uh, sitting right over there. There you go. And don't ask me to play cuz that would cost you.
2: <laughs> okay, so 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 while I'm while I'm off the professional stuff, I'm I'm going to veer half into the professional stuff. And I I think we did get a question from another reporter um that Matt reached out to, but it was my question first. Let's just go on the record with that statement. I I'm curious because I've, I've earned a couple of them over the years. The nicknames. I, I've been babe. I've been Nikki. Yeah. Everybody's got a nickname. Yeah. Where did, where do the nicknames come from? And how, how do you, how do you still... come up with those? Do they yeah. stick? Is it random? Like do you, when, when you think of Nick DeLu, do you think, well, that's Nikki or is it just, it just, you know, I mean, please tell me you do because I like <laughs> to think that I've earned that. But. Oh,
3: absolutely. Okay. You know, I, 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 how do I put this? Um, my persona on television is sort of kind of, uh, well, you guys give me, uh, you know, I, I'm, not an, I'm not an easy, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I can ask tough questions, okay? Uh, and that really is not me, okay? Uh, I always say that guy's a phony who's on TV, he's playing a role, which I am. And so the real me is a little more laid back and has a pretty good sense of humor and uh, and so the nickname thing is just kind of a familiarity part of me that I just, I like to be close to people. I like to be friends with people. And I think nicknames are fun. Okay. And I love it when people call me Scooby or they call me Scooby Doo. The governor yesterday, she walked in and said, Hey, Scooby Doo, how's it going? I say, Hey, babe, how's it going? Uh, I did not say <laughs> babe to the governor. Okay. <laughs> Let the record be clear. <laughs> you send uh, your letters to WK. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm in trouble enough as it is, uh, but it's just, um, it's just, it's part of me. It's part of what, what, what I do. And, and I, some people are offended by it, but, uh, and I apologize if they are, but uh, that's just who I am.
0: Well, so for the, for the record, because uh, she'll be upset if we don't do it. Zoe Clark also sent in me, sent that exact same question. <laughs> she wanted to know how, where the nicknames came from. So I will go there. Yeah. I'm going to move over. So Craig Mauger at the Detroit news um, so building on your your first interview with with Lieutenant Governor Brickley, he'd like to know how has political journalism in Lansing changed over your career? What has gotten better and what has gotten worse?
3: Wow, that, that's, that's, that's a good one. Uh, I should tell you that when I started out, um, television was and, and radio were just sort of not coming into their own, but they were they did not have the presence at the Capitol uh, starting out. And I was surrounded by gentlemen, there were no women uh, in the press corps who had had a bunch of experience working for the Booth newspapers, uh, working for the Free Press in Detroit. Uh, the newspaper guys sort of called the shots and they were, they were good people to learn from. And, so, and we had maybe 30, 35 or 40 people in the press corps and it was very vibrant and uh, it's completely different than what it is today. I would say the average age back then probably would have been around 40 or maybe a little older than that. And I'm going to guess that the, well, you guys tell me uh, what, what do you think the average age is now? It's a lot younger than that. 25. (laughs) I would say it's 25 or 28 or so. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, But there, there were, it was more seasoned reporters covering the Capitol because at that time, An assignment as a capital correspondent in Lansing from any media outlet was a plum assignment. It really was. And it was uh, not a career topper offer, but it was certainly one that looked good on the resume. And as you all know, uh, that has diminished uh, precipitously uh, to the point that um, people often wonder, why are we even covering politics? And let me just get on my soapbox for a second, because this really bothers me. it, 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 the, the media consultants have come in with research, quote, end quote, uh, telling editors and telling news directors and telling people like that who make decisions that people don't care about politics. And so therefore, why should you cover it? And the perfect example, and, and I, with all due respect, to my friends at WJR Radio, uh, they used to be my competition uh, uh, at WWJ Radio. And they were all good guys. And for many, many years, there were two bureaus, two radio stations, uh, J Radio and WJR. And then all of a sudden, the JR people disappeared. Uh, And you know, there went. You know, when there's competition, you do a better job. And so I kind of checked around, and it was a consultant who came in and said, "People aren't interested in politics." And so the great voice of the Great Lakes all of a sudden had laryngitis when it came to covering the state capital. Uh, and uh, that was that was a tremendous loss. So the the experience has gone down a little bit, uh, uh, and I, I like to say, and but I say it begrudgingly, that you're looking and talking right now to the only full-time television and radio reporter in the entire state of Michigan covering the state capitol. And when I tell a group that, I always say, and I've seen my work, and we're in trouble. but you get my point Mm -hmm. okay uh if there's something really dramatic going on at the Capitol, uh we'll get tv people up here but the day in and you guys know this the day in and day out grind of covering this thing is where you get the stories that nobody else can get just by hanging around you'd be amazed at the number of people that come up to me say it, did you know that such and such was going on and of course, the other thing that you have by being here for a long period of time is you grow some contacts and people that you trust that you can call and say, what the heck's going on? And you can get a story. So I think um, the, the, you know everybody is trying to do the best job they can, uh, but it's, it's a completely different beast than when I started out.
0: It's interesting too, because now it, it feels like, and I know that the segment of the population is probably not as big as it feels like being here in Lansing. Um, but it feels like politics and interest in politics is at a, as a, at a real high just because yes. things seem so divisive and we're so divided yes. and, and, and it's so partisan that there's people really interested in politics right now.
3: Yes, and which means even more so is that experience and background importance so that something that happens today, something similar to that may have happened before. And so if you have that experience, it just gives you a, a better edge on getting a better story and getting information out to the people.
0: So who in your career have you had to, did you know going in, I got to bring my very best to this interview because this this person's going to be tough?
3: Well, I, I, um, I, I guess I don't approach it that way. Uh, I, I sort of approach it that uh, everybody's got a story to tell. And I always tell people um, about off the record, okay, is if you come on the program, and you tell the truth to the best of your ability. You got, you got nothing to worry about. There are actually people uh, um, who have gone into the House Republican Caucus and actually told people, "Don't don't let Stubik interview you. Stay away from him." And uh, well, I think that's kind of an interesting strategy. But you know, you can run, but you can't hide. Uh, and if, if I need to find you, I will find you. Uh, you know, so it's a stupid strategy. And it, it just it it speaks to the point that if you you obviously if you do have something to hide you don't want to see but if you tell the truth you've got no problem dealing with me or anybody else in the news media. Uh, so I don't know what was the question. Is there is
0: there a person who you knew who you've interviewed over the years who you knew I got to really bring my A game for this one because
3: they're going to be. Uh, I, no, I, I really don't think so. They've all been fun. I'll tell you what I have been blessed. All of the governors, all of the governors that I have covered. Uh, have just been just just an honor to cover them, and I know that sounds hokey. But when I started out in this business, I never thought that I would run into so many good people who are doing this for all the right reason. Uh, you know, when when Governor Milliken passed, wow, I just that 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 hurt. It really hurt. And every governor that I've been able to deal with has been a great interview. They've all been very good to me. We all start out at the same. At the same point, uh, I would say to whomever the governor was, I said, you know, uh, here's the deal. I said, um, if I ever make a mistake, I want you or somebody from your staff to tell me, because I do want to get this stuff right. And I think all of them were sort of taken back by that. And I should also point out that each one of them took advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> but in a nice way, in a, in not in a nice way, but in a, in a respectful way, mm-hmm. in a respectful.
0: What is your most memorable, uh, and this is an important word, most memorable live TV moment? Was there something that you were doing a broadcast live that you remember either because there was a major problem or hijinks or something like that? that Yeah. You remember
3: nothing really jumps i'll tell you what doing the state of the state is a lot of fun because that's done live and it's right after the speech that we get to sit around the table and talk about what's been going that's that's always fun to do because it's immediate sort of thing and we treat off the record as sort of the same as being live because it's pre-recorded and we don't go back in and edit anything but nothing really major no major uh, tor- no tornadoes no nothing or something like, like that <laughs>
0: Here's a question from Kyle Milan at MERS to follow up on what you just said. Has you, there, has there you obviously
3: ever, have no life. Whatever the company is paying you is not enough if you're making these phone calls for these guys. Go ahead. It was really not that hard. <laughs> to all right. Get, to get folks yeah, probably wanted to, to do it, right?
0: Question. So follow up on what you said about uh, the live on Off the Record. Kyle asked, has there ever been an episode of Off the Record that has been recorded but never aired?
3: Uh, yes, there was one that we did that we put in the can Uh, that we were going to do when I was going to go on vacation and I never went on vacation. So we never did, but it was nothing nefarious. It just, it just never happened. Okay. I have one. Go
2: So Tim, what would you say is the weirdest interview you've ever had to do, whether it's topic or, or person you've interviewed?
3: Sam Fishman used to be the lobbyist and ran the UAW. And this was Sam's town at the time that Sam was around, the UAW had a lot more uh, oomph than it does now. And his presence was omniscient and omnipresent. So we had Sam Fishman on the show and Sam came on and took two questions and talked for about 15 minutes. He he was very good, okay? He ran the clock on us. And I said, uh, Sam, I said, hey, we we gotta have you back next week, okay? So we brought him back next week and everybody was loaded for bear. And all four of us just got into his stuff Really good, and after that program, he was just madder than a wet hen. And he called me off. Everybody left. He called me off into one of the back rooms, and he read me the riot act up and down. And uh, for a second, I thought, e- I hope he's not packing. And uh, <laughs> but that, it was uh, it wasn't scary, uh, but it was one of those moments that where I just I, I learned something. I just sat there and I took it. I didn't argue with him. I didn't try to. He was in no re- mood to be reasoned with, and so it was a very good life lesson that when somebody is angry at you, just let him go. Just let him go, and uh, there will be an appropriate time where you can come back and try to put Humpty Dumpty back together. Again. But that was that was very unusual. That that that's probably the only time that's ever happened in our in our run so far.
2: So Humpty Dumpty gives me my segue, All right? Yeah, not technically it. A character here but so so tim i I emailed you about this all right so you're prepped okay um i didn't want to spoil any state secrets but i recall um go get him Nikki. yeah i recall back back in the day back in the day when i'd be an occasional guest on off the record sitting down with you before we we went live um with with a blogger edition or or some such and having a conversation and and you let slip that that you have a family you know people might not realize that you're you know you have a, a life off of the tv cameras and uh, included in that family is a daughter who, at the time, so this is a long time ago, um, yeah. a daughter who was was a an, an unnamed at the time Disney princess at Disney World. That has fascinated me for, I don't know, 14, fifteen years, the idea that Tim Skubik had a daughter who was a real- life Disney princess. Uh, is she still a princess? Can you tell me more about this? what Which princess was she? How does that happen? I, just, there, I have so many questions, and, and yeah, yeah. I, the, the one person I've told about this before is my wife, uh, yeah. who's a big Disney World fan, and she has many questions. So we, we, we could really run the
3: clock on this one, but all right, well, let me. First of all, I cannot confirm that okay. she was a princess. I can tell you this: that Carly was a friend of Snow White, and she was a friend of Wendy. And uh, as long as you bring up, I know. Can you can you see this? Can you see this picture?
2: Yes. Our, our 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 audience can't, but we, we can see we, it here in the oh, studio. Oh,
3: yeah. that's right. This is radio. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Son you're of a
0: you're new to you're new to radio. I understand you can't. <laughs> we
3: can't. They can't see what you're doing. Okay. Well, I want you guys to see. Her. Okay. This is a this is her wedding picture from two years ago. This is my this is my beautiful beautiful daughter Carly, and Carly, um, we knew at age three that Carly was going to be an actress and a singer and a dancer. And she is all of those and she still is. Uh, But she was friends with Snow White and she was friends with uh, Wendy who uh, hung around with Peter Pan. And uh, I I will just tell you one story. Uh, They they had at at, uh, Disney world, which is where uh, she was down in Orlando. She's now at universal studios. Disney uh, laid her off during the pandemic. Uh, and she was training uh, uh, other actresses at Disney. Uh, so they, they appreciated her work. Anyway, uh, they did a thing called The Castle Show. And her friend Wendy was in this show. So the first time we saw her, my bride and I was in the audience watching it. And <laughs> I'm crying, okay? And she she goes off stage and uh as they're leaving the stage, she turns and our eyes connect with one another. You know how that happens. And she just blows me a kiss. And it just it was just, it was magic. It was absolutely magic. And she said, Daddy, I'm the happiest when I'm on stage. And I wondered hmm, I wonder where she got that from. <laughs>
2: We've done it now, Matt. We've humanized him. We Spirit.
0: have. We've gotten a tear on, I think this is the first tear on cold oatmeal. Uh,
3: you know, uh, let me. I mean,
0: people who know. listen to
3: it probably are crying, but the people <laughs> have not been on the yeah, show. Ever. They're crying because this is going on so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there have been other occasions. Um, when, when Bill Milliken uh, left us, when he, re- when he announced his retirement, I was sitting in the, in, in the, in the press corps thing and I had tears. John DiBiagio, MSU president, I did an exit interview with him, and we were both shedding tears, not, you know, in in a large way at the end of the interview. And so, uh, yeah, you know, this, um, I've been very, that's what I mean about being blessed by being touched by so many great people uh, that they, you know, they they really, um, they're, they're just, they're just fun and joyous to be around. So So you're a bit. Does that
0: yeah. sound too hokey? No, that's great. That's great. I know you're a busy guy, so I have like three more questions, and we can yes. get you on your way. The last, and the, the last question from one of your colleagues. I think Emily Lawler from M Live. She must be looking for a better chair on the pot on your show because Uh-oh. this question is, I, um, you must have something on her because she's. This is this is the question. There's a stereotype sometimes that TV TV reporters aren't as thorough as print as their print counterparts. True. How how are you able? to do such high quality, politically insightful and relevant story packages for TV?
3: Wow, um, first of all, it, it, TV, it, it, keep it simple, okay? Keep it simple. Um, and uh, the, the beauty the beauty of working for Channel Two down in Detroit is that we have no time limits on our stories. I've done two to three minute stories for them on stuff out of Lansing. You guys know that that is not the norm with the 10 second sound bite being what it is. Um, just, you know, I, it's just from doing something, the more you do it, I guess, the more efficient you get at doing it. And uh, since I do have the background and experience, uh, I can usually bang out a TV story, uh, you know, in about an hour or so, uh, you know, if all the elements fall into place. So it's, it, uh, Emily, it's not that magical. It really isn't. <laughs> but it is true that uh, a lot of TV reporters, we, we call them run and gun. Okay, and uh, I've always admired my uh, my my print colleagues because they are a little uh, they they get a chance to, you know, to uh, dig a little deeper into stories. Um, And television news tends to be a little superficial. You know, in the old days, they used to say that here's how it was supposed to work. You were supposed to see the TV story on something that happened. And then you went to the newspaper to really find out what went on. Unfortunately, that is no longer going on, as we know, as we watch our uh, our newspapers decay right before our very eyes, much to my chagrin. And uh, so, you know, a uh, great question, Emily, and um, uh, I'll take 50 bucks off your next fee for off the record for giving them this question. Is there someone you've
0: always wanted to interview that you've not had the chance to?
3: Uh, no, not really. But let me tell you one story about having lunch with Ronald Reagan. Are you intrigued oh, by that? Uh, very much yes. so. Yeah. Okay. I had a cousin. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> I had a cousin who actually worked in the communications department in the White House during the Reagan years, uh, Susie England. And she called me up one day. I was working uh, for Channel 2 the first time I worked there. She said, Timmy, um, the, the, the president has what they call a, uh, a press conference for regional anchor people that they bring in, you know, as kind of a PR thing from Poughkeepsie or whatever. And uh, and she said, would you like to come to Washington and be part of that? And I said, oh, Sue, come on, airplane and take the, the camera and stuff like that. I said, no, no, She said, well, what if I sit you next to him for lunch? I said, I'm in. And she did. And uh, so I sat next to President Reagan and she, and she said, and I'll put you on his good ear. No. <laughs> 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 and she did. And so he, he and I talked for about 35 minutes or so before they did the news conference. And it was quite a hoot. It was quite a hoot. And I'm so glad that she did that. Susie's no longer with us, but she was taking care of me. And I got a couple of great stories and a great picture sitting on the on the ledge back there. Uh, but that's been, a, I, I, I've always, I would love to talk to presidents because I'd like to try to do a Tim Skubik on them because I think a lot of these guys, excuse me, presidents and others, are let off too easy by many of the interviews that they do. And it just drives me nuts. Follow-up questions are so important. In fact, if you had done a follow-up question on your Detroit question about public TV, I might've given you more, but you didn't.
0: <laughs> okay, well, I'm learning from the best then. Next, next Thank time. You. So that was lastly. not a
3: criticism, it was just an observation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll let you get out on this, and maybe you maybe you've thought about this. Maybe it's the kind of thing that you you can't answer. But I'm curious. I know you've said that you're nowhere near retirement, um, but thinking back as to the years you put in so far, do you have a top five list of the best interviews or best people that you've interviewed?
3: Yes, uh, they would. Uh, all of them would be the evening with the governors, which I've been blessed to be able to do. This is this is this is really nice. Uh, each governor, uh, some more, some less have given me an hour every, every year at the end of the year to kind of do a, a year review program. And those are just, uh, I love those because you get to sit there. Usually they're done in the executive residence. Um, the first one we did with Governor Whitmer, let me, let me tell you a quick story about this, okay? This is before, this is Governor Whitmer is, is running for governor and her husband, the, the two of them are watching the evening with the governor being Rick Snyder and Mrs. Snyder. And at the end of the program, uh, uh, her husband, Ms. Whitmer's husband, turns to her and says, if you get elected, do we have to do that? (laughs) And she says, yes. (laughs) Now, this guy's a dentist, okay? And she has said to me, he doesn't know anything about politics, which some people would say he may have demonstrated, Uh, but I digress. But uh, doing those interviews is just an absolute hoot, and I'm, it, it's just—it's a nice get uh, in order to do it. So all of those stand out because they are revealing. I try to peel back, as you guys have tried to do here, to see who that real person is sitting across there. And, and I would say all of them that I've covered are the exact person that you see in private, you see on camera. Uh, there are there have been no phonies uh you know the double persona thing that everybody is in you know and, I, and and but I try to get deeper into who these people are so that you get a feel for what they're like and and getting up close and personal as they say is just uh it, it's I would put all of those as my top five,
0: so I lied, I got one more, yeah, if you think back to and I guess I don't know how old you were, but the day you walked into WILX and got the first, your first reporting, yeah. TV reporting gig, what would 2021 Tim Scubic tell that Tim Scubic as a young reporter?
3: You're about to have the greatest ride of your life. You Enjoy go. it. <laughs> be blessed and be thankful. No better way to go out
0: than that, Tim. I appreciate you taking the time this morning. I'll let you get back to the state capitol and, and doing your business.
3: All right. So now, are you going to focus group this before you put it on? Oh yes.
0: we're I gotta get? I gotta send tapes out to all the all the reporter <laughs> colleagues, and if, if they don't are not happy, we can we may have to call you back and
3: get some more questions. Okay. In. Listen, guys, I appreciate it. And you know what? I appreciate the work that you all are doing. I I I I like people that understand what my role is, what the role of the media is, and all of you from the background that you have have put that into the crucible of how we do this thing. And uh, it's great to work with you guys. And I. I hope you had fun because I did. We did. Thanks, Tim. We did.
2: Absolutely. Take okay. care.
3: Have a good right. day. Talk soon. Okay, ta-ta. We'll be right back.
0: So that was great. That was awesome. That was fun. I, I didn't. I, I. I didn't know what Tim Skubik we were gonna get, but I, that was a. That was a, a good one. I, I. learned a lot. And I thought that was really fun.
2: I also didn't know Nick DeLu was obsessed with Disney princesses. I'm not. I. But. but, but <laughs> I it, don't know. You know that it, was it a is,
1: very long windup to that question. <laughs> What's
2: well, a fascinating idea to me? I've never. I. That's. I would say Tim is definitely the closest I've ever been to knowing a princess.
3: All right.
2: I mean, it's like if you're playing <laughs> Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon, cool. like I'm one degree
0: away from a princess. I. I I think that's kind of cool sure he'll put that on on his his resume after, yeah i guess after so <laughs> so this is the end of season four this is the season finale um i know we uh she wasn't here for the scuba part but we got carly with us now
1: yeah am i a special guest
0: yes you are now the special <laughs> guest driving off on to, for a weekend of vacation happy birthday by the way
2: oh She's- thank you it's a little early but i'll take it I was gonna say i didn't think i I missed
1: it it. (laughs) i
0: mean this whole weekend is about her birthday right okay happy birthday
1: yeah
0: so we made it i kind
1: of i kind of threw myself a birthday party
0: so well we made it through fourth season i didn't there were moments this year i did not know that we were gonna i didn't think we would i thought the tank was a little empty
2: pandemics trying to to get to
0: to the end but we had some great some great people and um i just want to go through the list quick and i will in, in no one in no one uh a certain order other than alphabetical um want to thank aletha alethea from uh gongwer andy arena he was a good one that was yeah fbi cop that was a good one it's
1: mm-hmm. very interesting
0: andrew egger from the dispatch april bear michigan radio aura osborne lots of feedback from aura a lot of people liked aura still getting questions about soap from that <laughs> one that was a good one <laughs> buddy morehouse and his book about the murder of his uh, that was yeah that was fun chris johnson always a fan favorite i think chris i think chris is always every time he's on is, he gets the most clicks he's he's people i love people I, we talk talked to him every year uh craig mauger made his cold oatmeal debut this year damon Rensing from msu's hot soccer coach uh i think one a surprising one that was great that i think we all regret um not taking <laughs> enough time <laughs> <laughs> we all regret not taking enough time with was uh, Gary Rasmussen the the, uh, the cartoonist.
1: Oh. Yeah, Gary was good.
0: He was really good and I feel yeah. like I just feel
1: like the season seems like it was it's been like 3 years. I can't it remember. Does. Some of these right. I'm like what? That was this, this that was this year. No,
0: see that was when we were doing the Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. And we had Santa was on schedule and like on, on Titan. so we so knew we Santa was and so we had yeah. to cut him off. And I was, I still regret that. Lobby man, Jim Kirsch. That was a good one.
1: That was yeah. It's
2: the favorite was, thing that Joe has done all year
1: maybe ever <laughs> well probably ever yeah
0: uh kathy Wilbur, kevin mckinney both did some four questions with us um those are good um lance davis from envy talking restaurants and pandemics uh, megan martin she was our rest strategy scholarship recipient <laughs> joe, i'm looking at joe and he's in the eyes it's like were you in here for these i, I think you I, were I, but in your memory <laughs> megan was great um paul king the singing pollster yes that was a good oh, one yeah uh, he, he could form a band with Tim Skubik. He could. find right. found a new clarinetist. Yeah. Uh, Sean Gailey was here with us. Uh, <laughs> Steve <laughs> Kirshner, the ski guy from up in uh, Shandy mm-hmm. Creek. Uh, Steve Young, he was our a season uh, premiere. He was our first four questions, retired lobbyist from yes. GCSI. Um of course Zach Gorchow weasel his way onto the podcast again for I think he always uh, does. every season he's been on. Now today
2: doesn't count as an appearance. But he it? was
0: on. Were you here for he was on? No, 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 no. Ex- but but I mean today doesn't count as another appearance, does it? Because he's he had his probably, he's probably gonna him. try to get it to count that way. But
2: yeah, um, I mean you sought him out today. Yeah.
0: And then of course Jim Skubik wrapped it up for us for the year. Yeah. So any thoughts about next year? I, I did I, I sent out a um at dinner the other night. Um, we were talking about this and Brenda was asking me who was gonna be on and so, I don't know. I'm I kind of run out of guests. And so she says to Owen and Cooper, who who do you think should be on dad's podcast? Oh. So I got some names. And I don't know if Joe, we might if you want to work on any of these over the, well, the summer. Let's hear them. First list. I'll go start with Owen's list. There's some people I don't know. LeBron James is first. Oh,
2: yes. Let's get Make right it on happen.
0: that. Uh, Polo G. No who? idea who that is. Carly. Carly, do you know who Polo G is? Who Moosey and Little Tekka? <laughs> No, <laughs> even I'm not that young. So, did you <laughs> say this little Tecca? Little, 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 little Tecca. It's not little. It's Will, little Tecca. Little teka. So, if any of our listeners out there in the greater Coldwell Mill community have any connections <laughs> to Little Tekka or Mooski?
1: I mean, this is Owen or this
0: is Cooper. Or this or is music? Owen. Okay. No, these are these are hip hop.
3: Okay. I believe. <laughs> Was he like trying to name people that you wouldn't know who they are, like well, on I'm, purpose?
0: No, this is who this is who he walks around the house with his air, earphones in listening to, I'm assuming. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: He claims he's 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 convinced Brenda to be a huge fan of Musky. He keeps saying, "Mom loves Musky." I'm like, "I no she, no she doesn't." Um Jason Sudeikis, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. That'd be a <laughs> great one. You know, we have to see I would do, I would be willing to come in and do a special episode even if we since we're out of the season uh with um Oh, I'm blanking now on the name of the show. <laughs> What's the show he's doing? Ozark. Ted Lasso. Oh, the second. Oh, <laughs> <Ozark. laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I always thought of Ozark as a as a comedy.
1: <laughs> Wait, I was wondering why your kid wanted him on. What
2: is Jason Sudeikis in?
0: <laughs> he does that. Ted, yeah, Ted, Ted Lasso.
2: Yeah,
3: Ted Lasso. So oh, oh,
0: the second that season of Ted sense. Lasso is coming out in of July, so maybe it's, it, you know. Uh Jason. And I'm he, sure we'll, the I'm, crossover
2: you never knew you wanted. I'm sure Ozark we'll, Ted I'm sure we'll be on top the top of Jason Sudeikis' list yeah. for his press tour be before honestly. it comes out. I
0: think we should figure out how it, how to get Ted Lasso to be a character on Ozark. Is Ozark still going?
3: Yeah, it's, as far well, as I, I know,
1: think it's, its last season is coming out soon, so I think it's basically done. <sighs> okay, well then maybe
0: it, he's on
2: there and we just don't know it.
0: So then, wrapping up Owen's list, we've got Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler. Okay. So nice. I,
2: that would be no, fun. No, big,
0: no problem. We can we cool. should be, able to, be able to pull that off. I mean,
2: that's what Joe can spend the summer doing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you never know until you ask. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's Coop's list. Coop's list starts with my friends Troy and Ruben. Yes, <laughs> let's get Troy and Ruben.
2: <laughs> Lower the bar. I like it. <laughs> so we're
0: gonna have, maybe we can kick off season five. That's with the Stuart. first good idea I've heard. <laughs> Troy and Ruben,
1: <laughs>
0: Bill Gates okay oh
2: no oh, big deal
1: he's, he's got free time he's, now.
0: he's he's good uh steph curry got to go back to steph curry lebron james
1: okay. why the hell is cooper into how did bill gates come out of his head that's such a weird <laughs> wait one. till
0: you get to the next one this is and these this is the exact words out of his mouth bob ross baby <laughs> <laughs> I'm like well i think, I think he's dead a
3: let's have a seance. i
0: think he's dead but we'll that a would medium i mean he kind of was like that i mean in we real could kind of we,
1: always, we totally could
0: it was kind of like talking to a spirit watching that show but yeah <laughs> I, and i don't a funny so a funny story about coop i don't i don't know does someone know carly is bob ross baby is that like something that the young kids are talking about these days because cooper went down to his buddy ruben's house and in, in um sidewalk chalk wrote Bob Ross baby on their driveway.
2: I'm gonna Google
0: it. Carly,
1: you know what the 11 year old is talking <laughs> yeah. about, right? You're so young. You know all this stuff. I am older than that, though. Like, I'm not. Do you not, know who Bob Do you Ross know who is? He is? Yeah, he's in, he's a painter, right? Yeah, okay. he was. Yeah. She was like really was nervous to say it. She's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so then, if we can't get Bob, I'm Ross, like,
1: I'm in this weird in between that I don't know the people you guys know. And I also don't know the people
3: that your kids know. So, what do I know?
2: Probably nothing. I, it was I'm, probably on a show or something yeah. you watch, you know, where someone said that. Because when I Google Bob Ross baby, it literally brings up babies dressed as Bob Ross, <laughs> <laughs> which is cute, but cute. <laughs> not
0: the not the same. Uh, Kevin Durant. And then lastly, this is, um, and I'm going to, I have to think through how he pronounced it because he didn't pronounce it correctly.
2: Oh, he doesn't get that from well, you. Know. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's hereditary. Uh, no, he said it right.
0: No, he said Jeff Bezos. But he no, he's a, he's a Jeff Bosus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who? Jeff yeah. Bosus? You mean Bezos? There you go. I'm like, well, he's, maybe we should get him on after he goes to space. Yeah. Uh, since yeah, he's rocketing himself maybe he could call in from space oh, i think the whole trip is like 10 minutes long so i don't know if that oh, okay. that's long enough for him to dial well, in. well he's got
2: sure 10 minutes to can right, you imagine well, the guess stress get-
0: level of, of that joe has trying to zoom someone in from east lansing if we had to try to <laughs> zoom in jeff bezos from space
2: <laughs> his head would explode <laughs> You're like, you, don't right. <laughs> you don't sound right you don't sound right <laughs> dial in again <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we should focus on Troy and Ruben or whoever. Ruben. <laughs> that shouldn't be hard. We should be able to book those guys. I mean,
0: they do play a lot of lacrosse and soccer, so their schedule is pretty busy, but we could probably get them, get them over here <laughs> anyway. Oh. So it's been a fun season. Um, Carly you got any, any parting shots as you head off for your um, girls weekend in, in Nashville?
3: Um, no, not She's really. Going to have
2: lots of shots. Okay.
0: Well have fun and yes. be safe. Thank you for dialing in. Thank and, you. and helping us wrap up the season.
1: You know, cold
0: oatmeal, my top priority. So I'll well always well said. be here. Bonus coming your way. So for uh, Ooh, Joe, nice. <laughs> Joe, Laura, Nick, uh, Nikki, Stephanie is not with us today, but I, in spirit, I know she's wishing us well on this this season finale. Uh, we want to thank Tim Skubik, uh the senior capital correspondent for being our guest on this last episode of the season. Uh, this is Matt Resch, and we will talk to you next time.